So you have decided that you want to get into solo board gaming and you don't know where to start. Well, watching this video is a good first step, but we have some recommendations for other things because this is the Cardboard Herald's Quarantine Solo Playlist number three or solo diary. I don't know. The terminology gets a little bit muddled here and there. But either way, this is kind of my casual walkthrough on various solo topics as well as what I've been playing solo during quarantine. And so, yeah, today's topic is getting started in solo board gaming. This can be kind of a, a, a overwhelming experience if you haven't dabbled in solo board gaming in the past because there are a ton of solo variants for board games out there. Some really good, some terrible, some are fan variants, some are official, and some mediocre games are actually excellent solo games and some excellent multiplayer games have kind of middling solo experiences. Now, personally, I think that before you get into any hobby whatsoever, be it board games or bicycles or archery or whatever it is, that you try with what you have access to before you get into buying all sorts of new things just for that hobby. And switching from multiplayer board games to solo board gaming is no different. So I would start with what's on your shelf. I mean, if you look at the top 50 board games on Board Game Geek, there are a ton of them that have either dedicated solo variants, they're designed to scale from one to several players, or they have fan variants for solo modes out there. And chances are that those games they probably have some pretty decent solo variants that you can check out and start out with. Now, think about what it is that you want to do when playing solo games. Do you want a really robust thematic experience? Do you want to just kill 30 minutes or so playing through a puzzle yourself? I mean, a lot of this is going to be informed by what you look for in board gaming in the first place, multiplayer or otherwise. Personally, I'd recommend starting with something that's mid-weight that doesn't require a huge amount of overhead and maintenance because one of the things that you have to remember with solo board gaming is that you don't have anyone else at the table who's taking care of components and various administration with you. I mean, if you are the type of gamer who brings all the games to the table in the first place, you might be doing that whether you have one or five people sitting at the table, but with solo games, you are sure to be the one who's handling all the resources, all the components, all the rules looking up. You are the person taking care of that. So I recommend starting out with something where it's not going to be a lot of overhead. Now, if you are just a huge, dedicated, heavyweight gamer and you want to jump towards Gloomhaven or Seventh Continent or something, then go for it. If that's the kind of experience that you're most going to be looking forward to doing solo, then you might check that out. But personally, I think taking a look at what you have on your shelf that you already know that you enjoy seeing if it has a solo mode, and then playing that as your first experience is going to be the best way to go. Now, if you have a few games that you don't know which one to choose from, 
just like with multiplayer gaming, there's a ton of content online available to you if you want to look at solo board gaming reviews. I mean, of course, you're here right now watching this video, and on the Cardboard Herald, we cover both multiplayer and solo games, as long as either one of those have anything interesting worth commenting on. But we are far from the only source of information out there, and I recommend you check out channels like Beyond Solitaire as a fantastic resource with both written and video reviews, as well as a lot of how to play content. And then a newer channel, Not Bored Gaming, is a dedicated solo channel that has some really fantastic content that have these really long in-depth reviews with a lot of criticism, a lot of wit, I mean, just really fantastic stuff. I'll have links to those in the video description below. The last recommendation that I have, if you are just wanting to get questions answered about a game or you want to be exposed to more solo games and conversation is to join a community. There are tons of online communities that are dedicated to specifically solo board gaming. Personally, I really like the Facebook group and there is a subreddit, r solo board gaming, that is really, really good. It's active. People are really happy to give all sorts of recommendations, feedback, answer questions questions about rules. They are really good communities to get exposed to all sorts of games that you can play solo. And the last thing that I'd recommend is that there are many, many variables that are involved in how good a solo experience is. And just because you may not like one, that shouldn't entirely put you off from playing others. So if you play your first game and you don't really enjoy it, then try to think about what are the aspects of it that you didn't enjoy and see if you can get feedback on one of those communities for games that you would enjoy otherwise. And again, like I started out saying, there are a lot of really good games out there with just okay solo modes, and there's a lot of underrated games out there that have excellent solo potential. So I want to hear if you've just taken your first solo steps or you have some recommendations for newbies to the solo board gaming hobby. Let us know what's going on in the comments below, which is going to take us, of course, to the quarantine solo playlist. What's up on my wall there? And we can talk about the three new games that I've played since last we had one of these updates. And it hasn't only been new games, though. Of course, I've played more Spirit Island, trying to get more spirits to the table, seeing how they fare on their own with mixed results on that. Playing more Wingspan. I've been playing a ton of Gloomhaven, which I've absolutely fallen in love with but I have an entire show dedicated to that, so you can check out all of that stuff. And I've even been getting Root to the table more because I so badly want my Lizard Boys to have a win against the Mechanical Marquise and Electric Eerie, and I have yet to have that happen. But try and try again. I love the Lizard Folk. Anyway, I have three new games that I've played solo since last time. I've been talking about it since the first one of these, I have gotten Caverna to the table. And I gotta tell you, when I was reading the rules to Caverna, at first I was like, oh man, this is not looking good. I mean, Caverna is a great game. It's one of my favorite worker placement games. It's probably my favorite Uwe Rosenberg game, but 
One of the criticisms of the game is that not enough changes from game to game. You have all of the different buildings available every single game, and so the variety is up to just how the cards are mixed up and what the players do, forcing a level of interaction and variability from game to game. And in this, every game is exactly the same. You don't have an opponent who's going to be forcing up that change, and the cards as they are revealed are the exact same <laughs> reveal pattern every time, and there's no variability between when is going to be a harvest and when is not. So you have the exact same challenge to make, and it's up to you to make fun out of that. That sounded really boring. I mean, it still sounds really boring, but there was a unique twist to this. The expansion, which I don't think gets nearly as much love as it should, the Forgotten Folk, as asymmetric powers, which dramatically change up how you can play the game and you just try and get as many points as you can but with the asymmetric powers, you have reason to explore different avenues. And in the couple of plays that I've had with the cave dwarves and the elves, I had to take dramatically different paths with varying results. And only one of those was I able to make the magical score of 100, which is what it was described as in the rule book. That's a real lame way of saying 100 is the objective that you're trying to reach. And I guess, make up your own fun. If you really want to make up your own fun and you don't have the expansion, or even with the expansion, I've seen some discussion online of creating achievements or have a drafting system where you only have certain buildings available throughout the game, which forces a degree of variability. It's still not the most interesting of solo modes, and I think if you'd played all the different factions that come in the Forgotten Folk, that you would end up feeling like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. But if you already have Caverna, then it's still worth playing a time or two solo and even more so with that expansion. The second game that I played was one that I decidedly didn't have a particularly good time with, and that was Flamme Rouge. One of my favorite games. I mean, combining cycling and board gaming, two of my favorite passions in the world. And I really love Flamme Rouge. If you've watched a lot of my content, you know that it's one of my 20 favorite board games of all time in a completely subjective list at a particular time. And who knows what that list would look like today, but I've spoken very highly of that game. And it's just okay. I mean, Flamme Rouge has such an exciting pressure to it. And the, the, the reveal of the cards as everyone flips them over and seeing what people did and then resolving them in order gives a, a kinetic energy to the game that is entirely missing through having the automated players. Now, don't get me wrong, those automated designs are done quite well and they are there in order to play solo or to fill up the multiplayer game. And I think as extra players for a two-player game, that could be pretty interesting if you just didn't really click with the two-player mode. Personally, I'm, I'm pretty okay with the two-player Flamme Rouge, but it just didn't have the, the punch that the multiplayer game has for me. It's just not worth the 20 minutes of setup to get about 20 minutes of gameplay done in something that 
isn't really particularly energetic or reflective of what I love of the multiplayer game. But the last game that I played, whew, set a watch. This tiny little package is such a cool solo game. And this is an example of a game that I think is probably best as a solo game. It's a cooperative game. And one of the things that would frustrate me as a higher multiplayer count game is that the solo and the multiplayer are exactly the same. You just divide up the components among other people. And normally, I'm the type of person who doesn't want to deal with multiple hands for different characters, your drawing cards, and pretending that you don't have the same information available to everyone. That's not typically my style. Well, in this, you don't actually have those random elements of managing different hands of cards for each player. Everyone has powers, which is both their health and their skills, and every one of the six different characters in the retail game has five different powers, of which you choose three, and as you take damage, you lose access to those powers, but you can recover. Now, the overall thematic thrust of the game is that you're four adventurers who are working together to seal away some evil, and on every round in the nine rounds, except for the last one, you are going to have one of your players uh, making camp and having to do some actions in order to bolster the rest of the group, and then the remaining three are going to set a watch, and there's going to be revealed enemies in a line. And in one of the best moments of thematic resonance that I have ever seen in a board game, the amount of wood that is available in the fire, growing the fire to a greater size, is going to impact the radius of light around that, meaning that more monsters in this line are revealed as they get closer, which gives you more information, but may also pose additional challenges for you. And then you just have all of your heroes fight off the enemies as they come towards you. And it just becomes a really potent puzzle with a lot of dynamic shifts and a lot of variability and overall replayability that makes for an interesting game. Now, one thing that I would say about the game in general is that it, it feels a little bit longer than I wish it were. I mean, it's a pretty small game, but it takes up a big space on the table and nine rounds feels a little bit too much. The other thing that I think is only a criticism of it as a multiplayer game, which is actually the, the opposite of why it makes for such a good solo game, is that with having no dedicated turn order and all perfect information on the table, like all players would have the exact same information, it would make it particularly prone to alpha gaming, where you can just have someone say, all right, well, now you do this. I'll spend two dice to do this. You do that. You do that. You take care of this. And that's not really fun for anyone except for maybe the alpha gamer. But if that's how you like having fun with your friends, I don't know that you're going to have friends for very long. At least not friends who are going to want to play board games with you. But in solo mode... You can do that to your heart's content. You can absolutely lean into those uber efficiency muscles and feel great about it. This is a fantastic solo game, and the fact that the box unrolls in order to become the board through which you have the camp, and that's your fire, and then that lights all the opponents. Whew. 
I I was really impressed with Set of Watch. Definitely could have used another pass by an editor on the rules and some of the card ability terminology, but hey, that's what BGG's FAQ section is for. And that's it. Those are the three new solo games that I have played this last period since I have played these, since this is coming out somewhat irregularly. But I want to know, what have you been playing? What is new hitting your table? Do you have some old favorites? I know I keep on getting recommendations for certain solo games. Yes, I know the Architects of the West Kingdom is one that comes up again and again and again. If I can get it to the table, I will. I just need to find a copy somewhere. But we'll save that for hopefully an upcoming solo experience, quarantine, or non-quarantine playlist, depending on how all this goes. For now, stay safe, stay healthy, stay gaming, and thank you for watching The Cardboard Herald. If you enjoyed this video, we have all kinds of other reviews, interviews, and recommendations via writing, podcasts, and video here on our channel and website CardboardHerald.com. Our content is audience-supported, so if you want to show your support, please visit our Patreon. Thank you so much for watching. This has been The Cardboard Herald.